Elliot. We talk all the time about the films that are playing at the Detroit Film Theater. And throughout this fall season that we've been highlighting on Culture Shift, you will not stop talking about this movie out of Italy, The Macaluso Sisters. This is something that you're extremely excited about. Tell me about this film, Macaluso Sisters. Well, first of all, Ryan, as you well know, I'm an excitable guy. I, I see movies that I like and I want to go around telling everybody about them. I see movies I don't like and I try to remain quiet for as long as I can. But, but that comes out eventually, too. But here is an instance of the thing that I, I really don't like, which is to watch a movie alone on a laptop during a pandemic um, and really have nobody to tell about this um, and no theater to show the movie in. We're talking um, quite a few, quite a few months ago. This was last uh, fall, it's a year ago. Uh, New, uh, not New York, excuse me, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, which they featured some films from other festivals, so that those of us who were, you know, isolated due to the pandemic could could see them in some way. And this was a film that the Macaluso sisters that had come uh, from the uh, Venice by way of the Venice Film Festival. And I took a look at it and it struck me in a, in a way that a lot of Italian films used to uh, in the day um, of, of Fellini and prior to that, of, of De Sica and Rossellini. Not to say that it necessarily fits into the, the style of any of those films. Uh, the woman who directed the movie, Emma Dante, has a style and a tactile quality about her imagery that is so extraordinary that it jumped through my laptop. Generally, when you watch a movie on a laptop, you have to make so many allowances and you think, oh my God, this would look great on a, on a big screen. And of course it would, it's story of, of five sisters and it tells their story beginning in 1985, um, how they were happy despite some difficulties in their lives, but they were, you know, all young girls and women who were who were just finding their way and were dependent upon each other, and were just a wonderful bunch of kids to be with. And then something happens, and we won't go into it except to say that the rest of their story is told in two additional episodes. It's like a, a three-act play, but it's, it's any, it feels like anything but a play. Five are played by three different actresses, each at the three different stages in their lives that you will experience in just 85 minutes. You will go through their sort of glorious youth to their revelatory and really moving um, old age. Um, you'll see a number of different actresses playing these parts and you will have no trouble following their journey, um, their emotional journey uh, and their, their physical journey. And as they go and as we get wrapped up in them and involved in the relationship that they 
they have with each other, it's not only an emotional experience, but it is so visually transporting that even though the movie did play already um, in a commercial theater in Detroit for, I think, five days, maybe it was four days, um, very, very few people saw the picture. It didn't get promoted. It was one of the first movies to be shown when uh, some of the pandemic restrictions were lifted and movie theaters began to open. But I wanted so much personally to be able to, to bring this movie to the DFT and to put it on the big screen. We were supposed to open with it at the beginning of October. We had to push our opening date back a couple, a couple of weeks. And as a result, we opened with the Velvet Underground, which I was perfectly delighted with. But after a lot of excavating and digging and work and reprogramming and moving films around, we found a place for the Macaluso sisters. And that place is this weekend at the Detroit Film Theater of the Detroit Institute of Arts. I want people to discover it, the, the sensory joy of, of seeing this, this film and the, the way it will remind you of some of the really most moving experiences you've ever had going to the movies without a maudlin quality. You, you feel torn apart in a great and joyous way, if I, can, if I can say that, without hating yourself in the morning. That's the best way I can put it. But missing this film um, on the big screen would be a cinematic crime. Okay, okay. <laughs> so dramatic, Elliot. One thing I have to ask you, you know, this, this film really highlights kid actors. And, you know, I always give incredible credit to kids that can perform on screen at a high level. Is there something to keep in mind when we think of child actors and just how powerful these performances are for this movie? Yes, um, certainly in this film, that's, that's very important. What I, um, I shouldn't say as a control freak, but somebody who appreciates every aspect of making film, um, and particularly in a movie we mentioned last week in, in talking about Iemofe, um, The Bicycle Thief, say, Vittorio De Sica's film, in which there's one of the greatest child performances in movie history. Uh, so much of it comes down to the direction. So much of it, more even than with adult actors, uh, to, to bring a performance out on screen from a child requires so different a, a craft, so rich an emotional investment on the part of the director and ideally of the child. Um, and if the child isn't emotionally invested, then it's the director's job to make the child look like they're emotionally invested. And of course, what matters is what comes out on film. And in this movie, the connections between the children and the same characters who are played by other actors when they get older is completely seamless. So even though they look different as they get older, we know who they are because there is a continuity of emotion, of intellect, of reaction uh, that they have that is something that only a really, really gifted director and series of technical folks in addition, as well as the commitment of all the actors at every age could bring off and keep us this emotionally involved, despite the number of different players who, who do these parts. This is 
uh, a textbook example of how to draw performances out of children that are going to stay with you forever. The other thing about this film, Elliot, is that it's based on a award-winning play. And I think about a lot of different uh, uh, movies that I've seen adapted from plays, like The Big Kahuna or even The Birdcage, which is based on a play that was turned into a movie. Um, And once you know that, you can kind of see it in the way that it's blocked and staged. Does that role of originally opening in a theater come across in this film, or do they completely make it into a cinematic event? It's funny that you mentioned this because the, the film feels extremely, um, and I, I hate using the word when we talk about opening up and, and sunshine and all of that, so cinematic. But what's cinematic about it um, is that it doesn't fall into the trap of trying to have scenes set outdoors or to, to add swirling camera work or, or bigness or size just for the sake of not being claustrophobic. The picture remains focused on these characters throughout, but it puts them in the real surroundings where they would have been in the original play. And it also uses certain settings as sort of proscenium type stagings. Um, The apartment where they live, and it turns out to be an apartment that is used from their childhood all the way through their old age has more than a theatrical feel. Uh, it has an emotional pull that is, is made to feel like a real Italian location. When you see it, if you've ever been there, you say, yeah, I know what this place is going to feel like. I can, I can smell the air. Uh, it becomes a character. It's like the, the sixth Macaluso sister. And, and by that, I mean the visual qualities of the film. I knew only because I read the press kit uh, that this was um, the outgrowth of a theatrical production, that it was once a play, but it sure doesn't feel like it. And that's not to you know, cast any aspersions on the theatrical experience. Some of the great movies made out of uh, you know, stage plays like the the Sidney Lumet version of Long Day's Journey and Tonight really are claustrophobic. They take place in one house and they simply recreate the stage experience with a, a you know, little bit of extra something added. This film's completely reconceived from its original stage conception, but it uses real locations and it uses the real outdoors and it uses rooms with certain kinds of furniture and frescoes on the walls and dishes, all of the details are all a part of the emotional uh, undercurrent that is always moving you along in this, in this story. It's a magnificent example of how you can adapt a great story, which this is, uh, to another medium and see it fresh, see it new. Um, and I, I think after seeing it, it's going to be difficult to think of it as confined to a stage. That's Elliot Wilhelm, the longtime director of the Detroit Film Theater. He joined us to talk about the film Macaluso Sisters, which will be showing at the DFT this weekend, multiple showtimes. You can watch the trailer and learn more about it over at WDET.org. 
Elliot, thank you so much. See you twice, Ryan. 